ครบรอบ1ปีไปเมื่อวันที่4เมษายนที่ผ่านมาค่ะก็นอกจากลูกแก้วเนี่ยเคยเป็นลูกศิษย์ของครูกิลนะคะในคลาสเจ็ดวันโพโลโยฮาร์ดนะคะแล้วก็หลายๆคลาสที่ผ่านมาก็เป็นผู้เชิญครูกิลมาก็เลยได้รับหน้าที่ในครั้งนี้ค่ะเป็นผู้จัดกิจการในวันนี้นะคะก็อยากจะขอใช้เวลาสั้นๆตรงนี้แนะนําเกี่ยวกับพื้นที่อวโลกิตะให้ทุกท่านได้รู้จักค่ะก็อวโลกิตะเป็นพื้นที่ภาวนาเล็กๆอย่างที่เห็นนะคะก็อยู่ใจกลางมหานครค่ะก็เปิดต้อนรับทุกท่านเลยไม่ว่าจะเ,เป็นศาสนาหรือไม่ศาสนาอะไรอย่างนี้นะคะก็สามารถมานั่งได้โดยที่ไม่ไม่ได้จํากัดรูปแบบนะคะก็ความตั้งใจของที่นี่ก็คือการเป็นพื้นที่ว่างให้กับผู้คนนะคะได้มานั่งผ่อนพักมาดํารงอยู่กับความสงบสันติข้างในนะคะแล้วก็บ่มเพาะความรักความกรุณาที่มีต่อตัวเองแล้วก็ต่อผู้อื่นด้วยค่ะเราพิจารก็เชื่อว่าการภาวนาค่ะเป็นหนทางหนึ่งในการที่เราจะรู้จักธรรมชาติพื้นฐานของความเป็นมนุษย์ซึ่งก็คือความดีงามโดยพื้นฐานนะคะก็เราเชื่อว่าการภาวนาก็เป็นอีกหนทางหนึ่งในการดูแลสุขภาวะทางจิตใจแล้วก็จิตวิญญาณค่ะเป็นการสร้างพื้นที่ภายในแห่งการพัฒนาตื่นรู้ทางปัญญาซึ่งก็คือการที่เราเข้าใจความเป็นมนุษย์ในตัวเราเองแล้วก็ในตัวผู้อื่นด้วยค่ะเราเชื่อว่าการภาวนาค่ะคือการเชื่อมต่อกับศักยภาพที่ก้าวพ้นไปจากข้อจํากัดทางความคิดเป็นการเปิดจินตนาการนะคะเป็นการสร้างความหวังแล้วก็เป็นหนทางในการที่จะแปลเปลี่ยนสังคมที่ทุกวันนี้มันแบบเต็มไปด้วยความก้าวร้าวรุนแรงแล้วก็การแข่งแย่งแข่งขันนะคะก็พัฒนาให้มันเป็นสังคมแห่งสติปัญญาที่ทุกคนแบบเกื้อกูลช่วยเหลือเคารพแล้วก็เห็นอกเห็นใจกันค่ะเพราะเราเชื่อว่าสังคมที่ดีค่ะก็ควรจะมีพื้นที่ภาวนาแบบนี้นะคะก็โดยปกติแล้วเนี่ยกิจกรรมหลักของที่นี่ก็จะเป็นการนั่งภาวนาแบบไม่มีรูปแบบค่ะก็แต่ก็จะมีแต่ละเดือนเนี่ยก็จะมีกิจกรรมอื่นๆอย่างเช่นเป็นการสวดมนต์ในแบบวัชรยาณนะคะหรือว่าเป็นเป็นกิจกรรมทอล์กแบบครั้งนี้ซึ่งก็จะเหมือนเป็นการแบบเปิดพื้นที่รับฟังแล้วก็แลกเปลี่ยนกันในเจตจำนงแห่งความรักและความกรุณาค่ะก็ในแต่ละเดือนก็จะมีการเชิญครูหรือว่ากัลยาณมิตรนะคะไม่ว่าจะเป็นพระหรือว่าเป็นพระวาททั่วไปนะคะก็จะมาพูดคุยกันในหัวข้อที่เกี่ยวกับการบ่มเพาะสันติแล้วก็ความรักความกรุณาค่ะกิจกรรมครั้งนี้ค่ะก็ดีใจมากที่ได้จัดนะคะก็ตื่นเต้นก็เป็นเอาโลกิตะทอครั้งที่14ค่ะได้พบกับครูกิลอารอนนะคะซึ่งเป็นเซนมาสเตอร์มาจากอิสราเอลนะคะแล้วก็ครูมีหลายบทบาทมากทั้งเป็นนักร้องนักแสดงละครเวทีผู้กํากับเป็นครูสอนการแสดงนะคะแล้วก็ที่สําคัญที่เรารู้จักครูกิลแบบนี้ก็คือเป็นนักจัดกิจกรรมเวิร์กช็อปที่เกี่ยวกับความคิดสร้างสารรค์แล้วก็การเดินทางภายในค่ะซึ่งครูก็เดินทางมาแล้วทั่วโลกกว่า46ประเทศไหมคะ How many countries you have been traveling? อ่าสิบสี่ฟอร์สิบสี่ฟอร์สิบสี่ฟอร์สิบสี่ฟอร์สิบสี่ฟอร์สิบสี่ฟอร์สิบสี่ฟอร์สิบสี่ฟอร์
30-40 นาทีนะคะแล้วก็จะบรรยายเป็นภาษาอังกฤษก็ต้องขออภัยด้วยที่ไม่ได้มีการแปลนะคะแต่ว่าทุกท่านสามารถฟังคลิปเดี๋ยวเราจะมีการเผยแพร่ทางพอดแคสต์ของมูนิธิจะชื่อว่า The Fifth Floor นะคะแบบชั้นที่5แล้วก็จะมีการแปลเป็นบทความทางหน้าเพจก็เดี๋ยวรอติดตามกันได้นะคะแล้วก็หลังจากที่จบทอล์กแล้วเนี่ยก็จะเป็นการเปิดพื้นที่ให้ทุกคนได้แชร์ความรู้สึกอาจจะมีอะไรอยากจะบอกฟูกิวอย่างเงี้ยค่ะหรือว่าเป็นการแลกเปลี่ยนกันค่ะก็ประมาณถ้าละสองสานาทีแล้วก็จะจบกิจกรรมกันประมาณสองทุ่มครึ่งค่ะแล้วเราก็จะเปิดระเบียงด้านนอกค่ะให้ทุกท่านได้ไปกินนมชมวิวแล้วก็พูดคุยกันตามอัธยาศัยประมาณครึ่งชั่วโมงนะคะแล้วก็จะต้องขออนุญาตปิดห้องตอนสามทุ่มนะคะถ้าเกิดยังมีคนติดลมอยากไปต่อก,ก็เรียนเชิญด้านล่างค่ะก็ประมาณนี้ค่ะเดี๋ยวจะขอเปิดพื้นที่ให้กับครูกิวนะคะก็ขอเป็นภาษาอังกฤษกับครูกิวนะคะก็สวัสดีครูกิวนะคะ and welcome to our Lokita it is such an honor for our Lokita to Have you to welcome you here. Uh, here we not only meditate, but we also cultivate uh, peace, love, and compassion. So uh, today, uh, as you get the title of what is real love, I think this is a very interesting issue for us all. That's why we are all here. And you are when we talk about love and compassion, you are one of the first. Person on earth, I can think of. Ooh. So <laughs> it is very. Uh, I am very happy, and it is a very honor to welcome you here. Uh, I would like to leave this moment for you to explore this topic together. Thank you. I think you can all hear me clearly, right? Yes. So it's okay. No need for the mic. Um, so first of all, good evening to all of you, and. Thank you, Kunlukeo, and thank you, Avalokita, for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. Um, I want to make clear at the beginning that I'm not a monk. Okay, I belong to um, um, a kind of a branch of the Zen Buddhism, the Japanese Zen Buddhism, where uh, one can be a teacher, and but not necessarily need to be a monk. So I. Dress my robes only when I teach. I don't dress like this uh, all my life. So yes, today our topic is love. <laughs> And uh, normally, when ask me what is love, I say that we need one week seminar to <laughs> explain it. So I will try to squeeze it in in the time we have. And. I'm very happy to see here many, many, um, many of you, which are so familiar, and happy to see you here. And those who know me already know a little bit about my opinions about love. And my opinions might not be the normal, regular opinions; maybe even opposite. So um, many, many centuries ago, um, one Zen monk. Long, long time ago, he said to his students, "I will talk to you crazy things, and you please listen to me crazy listening." Okay, so let's open the mind for different points of view. Um, but before I touch the issue of love, I would like 
to start with science and to see how it is connected, because it is connected. Many, many years, science and spirituality worked, worked differently, separate. They thought there is no connection between the two. But finally, some years ago, rather almost 100 years ago, which in the history of humanity is recently, they started to sit together. Scientists and spiritual masters started to sit together because they started to realize that they arrived to same conclusions, which is very interesting. Now, what's the common thing between science and spirituality? Both are searching what is life, what is reality, right? We think that spirituality search inside and science search outside. But we will see that it's the same. So science curious about life. So with the tool of the science, science wants to know what everything is made of, right? So when science want to know what everything made of, what science does, they take whatever they take and start to break it to small, smaller par parts of it, yes? Smaller and smaller and smaller. As many years ago, they thought when they found the atoms, they thought, okay, we have the solution, everything is made of atoms. But then they discovered that the atoms can be break to smaller particles. And then smaller and smaller and smaller, what is now is under the title of quantum physics, which is an amazing uh, field to explore. And in the quantum physics, we go so small, unbelievably small. What is there inside everything? And they discovered what's in there is nothing. <laughs> but to make it more tangible, we call it energy, okay? So what is amazing is that whatever you break to the smallest particles, no matter what, this stick, myself, the cloud, the room, the road, the cat, the dog, whatever, finally, chunk up. <laughs> finally, you get energy. And what also very amazing is that it's the same energy. Everything has the same energy, but different vibration, different frequency, and condensed differently, like different combination. But it is the same energy. And one, this is one of the reasons they started to sit together with the spiritual people. Because I always say that if science were running to Buddha and tell him, look what we found, Buddha would say, I told you 2,500 years ago, but you didn't listen. Because the spiritual masters, by searching inside, arrived to this conclusion that everything is the same energy. And this is what is called the oneness. The oneness of everything. Now, the oneness doesn't mean that everything is copy of everything. But the essence is the same energy. And this is really amazing. So 
What do we do with that? So suppose we understand it. How do we apply? And how can it be practical if everything is the same energy? Now, the fact that everything is the same energy is the fact that many, many masters from very different, so-called different spiritual disciplines, not, I'm not talking about the popular religion, but the deep, deep philosophy that one needs to make effort in order to study it. It's not available immediately. So, but if you go to this deep philosophy of all the disciplines, they all see that everything is one. And everything is one, again, it's very important to remember, it's not everything is the same. Just we all have the same energy, but each one of us has different frequency, different combination, and different, um, different vibration. Okay? Now, actually, I think we all know it inside. Intuitively, we all know it inside. Because we are all one. We know inside that we all have dreams. We all have fears. We all have longing for love. We all need the hug. We all same energy. This is why you, we see movie, it's their drama, but we cry. This is why somebody is cut his hand with a knife, we, we do like this, right? This is because it is all connected. Now, when all the disciplines, spiritual disciplines, including the Buddhist philosophy, talk about ignorance, Yes, many interpret the ignorance as stupidity and lack of knowledge. But I want to suggest another understanding of ignorance. Because ignorance, in English, it's a very good word because it comes from the word to ignore. To ignore. What does it mean to ignore? To pretend it's not there. Okay? So we all inside know, even unconsciously, that we are all one and all connected, but we pretend we are not. We pretend we are separate. Okay? So when we take the word ignorance in this meaning, it is something active. It is something active which means we have responsibility. We know the truth, but we ignore it. Okay? It's not because we are stupid or don't have knowledge. It is because we ignore something that we inside know it. But because of our culture, and those who know me know that I call it boxes, the boxes of our culture, our family, our tradition, our religion, and so forth, we are all, all the time trained and conditioned for separation. Therefore, in the Buddhist philosophy, but not only in the Buddhist philosophy, in the philosophy of all the religions, the deep philosophy, the, what is the illusion? The illusion is the illusion of separation. 
the fact that you think, ah, what's the connection between me and the black guy in Africa? There is no, no connection between us. This is illusion. Yes, we are connected because it is a huge field of energy, which now the quantum physics know that it is all a huge field, field of energy that is like an ocean and waves, and we are the waves on it. Not only we, the mosquito, the dog, the tree, the street, everything is a wave on the ocean of energy. Now, different disciplines all over the world give different names to this energy. One of the names is energy. One of the names is life. One of the names is God, but not God in the popular meaning, someone up there who watches me and give me punishments and rewards. It's not that, okay? It is another name to all the energy which is everything. And some disciplines call this energy love. It is the energy that moves everything. So this understanding, we start by understanding it intellectually. But by practice, whatever you practice in your life, doesn't matter which discipline, we can reach the point where we experience it, that everything is one. And not only by practicing what is called under the label of spiritual practice, we can know it by other means, by traveling, by gardening, by taking care of animals, doesn't matter what. We can experience that everything is connected. Now comes the thing of the practical thing. Because if everything is connected, if I know that everything is the same energy, it means that you is me. You are me. And I am you, because it's the same energy. Of course, we're all different, you know, different frequency. But it's the same energy. So if I experience, first I understand it intellectually, but I experience that. There are many, many ways to experience that. If I experience that me and you are the same energy, it's impossible to do you something bad, because I do it to me. Okay? It's impossible to do something bad to an animal. It, you can't. It's not because it's a law. You simply cannot. Chunka, please come. You can come closer. That I, I see all of you. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> yes. Come, come. Have a seat. So, understanding that this is the same energy is very practical. 
If I understand and see and experience that me and the water is the same energy, it's impossible for me to pollute the river. It becomes impossible. Okay? But if I pollute the river, I pretend that I am not the river. Well, who cares? The river goes, it's not me. But we already know that it goes into the air, it goes into the food, we all suffer from it, diseases are coming, and all that. So it's another proof that everything is one. Right? So, in the point of view of the philosophy, everything that doesn't go with this oneness comes from the ignorance of this oneness and the illusion of separation. Okay? But again, I'm saying ignorance comes from the word to ignore, which means I decide consciously or not consciously, doesn't matter, to ignore a truth which I know inside. Okay? So this is a different approach which puts a lot of responsibility. But again, responsibility is a fact. We can like it or not, we can agree or not, but we are responsible. You know, that's it. And not taking responsibility is a big responsibility. I am responsible to not taking responsibility. This is also, okay? So all this field of energy is also in some disciplines called love, okay? So this is first the introduction before we go to the big issue of love between people, you know, because my first Zen teacher said that the most difficult thing in life is relationship. The second difficult is enlightenment. <laughs> okay. So relationship is more difficult than enlightenment. We will analyze it shortly and we say we see why. But until now, before I go into love and compassion itself, please, if you have questions, you may ask. And uh, we don't keep it, you know, formally that at this time I finish speech and from now you start to ask questions. If you have questions, please raise your hand and ask. And if you are more comfortable to ask in Thai, somebody will translate for me. No problem. So just I want to see to see if you have any questions about what I said until now. Yes, please. Uh, yes, I think it can be in different levels because, because of our boxes of conditioning of society and culture and religion and tradition and family and education and all that, we can start to see the truth a little bit and then more and then more and then more. So perhaps this comes in kind of levels until you experience that everything is the same energy. Yes. Question. Uh, but actually, there's another question. But if after you deliver the, the talk about what is real love, I would like to know how to cultivate the real love. 
Yes, we will come to that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Any other questions? Okay. So we can go into the love itself. And all cultures are talking about unconditional love as a kind of a something very high, beautiful thing that maybe very few can touch it. But I think that everybody can touch it. Now, what is unconditional love? It is love without a condition. Okay? Is it possible? This is a very interesting question. Now, as many of you maybe heard me saying that, in all cultures, all countries, and I've been to 56, four, uh, <laughs> I lost that. But anyway, <laughs> in all, all kinds of religions, all the continents, and in all of them, I was not a normal tourist. I always involved very deeply with the people, so I know the truth, not the you know, shopping window that the tourist see. So in 99% of all cultures, when a person say, I love you, they actually mean you are mine. And for me, this is not love. This is property. It's not love. I love you, it means you are mine. So that's a big problem because love got distorted over the years. So can I love without the property, without the possession? Is it possible? And where this feeling of possession is coming from? From the illusion that something can be yours. But we know very well, also from the very fundamental Buddhist teaching, that nothing can be yours. Okay? One of the big masters, J. Krishnamurti, used to say, the death will come and take away everything anyway. Okay? So start to release now. No need to wait until the death is coming. Nothing will be yours when you die. So, but still we have things. Yes, we have house, we have properties, we have things we love, we have people, right? How is it possible to cultivate this love without the sense of property, the sense of possession? Hmm? This is very, very interesting thing. And is it possible? Is it really possible in this world now? Because, the sit unfortunately, I think the situation is so, I would use the word rotten, that jealousy became a proof for love. This is actually terrible. Jealousy is a proof for love. Suppose you say to your girlfriend, okay, go enjoy with whoever you want. She said, you don't jealous? So it means you are not, you don't love me, okay? 
it became an indication for love, but jealousy comes only because of possession of property. This is the reason for jealousy. Okay? So is it possible? Is it possible? Now, when we talk about love, there is all kinds of love, yes? There is falling in love, okay? This idea that you find the one and only forever. And there is love which is not falling in love. And there is love for the things you do, love the things you do in your life, love for people, love for animals, love for the nature, many kinds of love. Hmm? So, if we talk about love with people first, is it possible? I'm asking it again and again, is it possible? Or it's just ideology that has, have no roots in reality, because what to do? <laughs> Everybody is jealous. Everybody say, I love you, it means you are mine. Okay, so when we say unconditional love, from my opinion, yes, after the sentence, I love you, can never come the word, but. And after the sentence, I love you, can never come the word, if. Okay? Suppose I'm a husband, I love you, my wife, but don't go every Wednesday to dance classes. Hmm? I love you, but. Okay? And suppose I'm a father, and I say to my son, I love you, if you take the family business, not if you become a dancer. Then this is not love. This is property. Okay? So what does it mean, unconditional love? You don't put conditions. And love is freedom. It is the same. Okay? And those who know me, you know that I say it many times. Because all over the world, people are taking away the freedom of other people on a daily basis. The husband is taking the freedom of the wife. The wife is taking away the freedom of the husband. The parents taking away the freedom of the children. The teacher is taking away the freedom of the students. Hmm? The boss is taking away the freedom of the employees. The religious leader is taking the, away the freedom of the followers. Country is taking away the freedom of the citizens. And all of them say, we do it because it's good for you. We do it because we love you. But my opinion, when you really love, you give freedom. You don't take freedom away. Now, because we don't know what love is and because we don't know what freedom is, in immediately, many times, we interpret freedom as chaos. Many people say, if we give total freedom, it will be chaos. I say, switch on the TV to see the news one time, you see already chaos. <laughs> okay? So, freedom is not chaos. Freedom is love, according to how I see it. So, 
loving each other together. Why should you be together? No matter with who, no matter what is your sexual attraction, why should you be together? The job of your partner is not to fill up the hole of loneliness that you have. This is unfair. The way, the reason to be together is to help and support each other to grow, to flourish, and to explore life together. If there is love and deep friendship. But if it doesn't work, bye-bye. But people afraid from this bye-bye and continue to be stuck instead of a lot of gratitude for the journey we had, now let's go a different journey. But because of society boxes and religion boxes and all other boxes, people are stuck. And again, I've been to many, many countries and stayed with people in the houses. Only three cases. I say to myself, ah, if I have a family, I want to have like this. All the other cases, I said, I'm so lucky I'm not in this nightmare. <laughs> like that. And one of the cases is a friend of mine who has 10 children. 10. Not because he's religious or other. It was his dream to find a woman who also her dream is to have 10 children. <laughs> and he raised them amazing. Just amazing. And break all the boxes. He told me, uh, I give you, for example, one episode. When he still had only five, <laughs> he had a van to spread them in the school in the morning <laughs> and the kindergarten. Okay? And one day, the, his daughter came back from kindergarten with a painting that she did, painting all the other children, including herself, which uh, children do. And they hang it on the wall, and suddenly she's telling, she pointing one by one all the children she draw, including herself, and she say, I don't like him, I don't like her, I don't like him, I don't like her, I don't like him, I don't like her, including pointing about herself, she don't like herself. And he was suspi suspicious. The morning after, when they drive to the van, with the van, her, his daughter is saying, Papa, I don't want to go to this kindergarten anymore. Immediately, turn and put her in another kindergarten. <laughs> and all the teachers, you know, acting from the boxes, how can you do it in the middle of the year, you know? You cut her studies and all that. He said, my daughter doesn't want to go. She will not go. That's it. So this is one example how he broke the boxes. He followed his intuition. He followed what the feeling of the children, not what's supposed to be. And this is for me an example of unconditional love. And after he had 10 children, I, he now lives in Miami. I went to visit them, and 
amazing energy in this house. And very open. He has teenagers. Yes? So one day he come back from work. He said, boys, I bought you sexy underwear. You take. Like that. And I think it's very healthy. And when I came to visit them, I said, don't plan for me any sightseeing and tourists. I want to stay in your home and take bath in your energy. <laughs> That's it. And this is what happened. I stayed there. So this is one case which I told myself if I would have a family, I would like to have it like this. But it's very rare. So what's the purpose of being together if there is love? Okay, this is the purpose. Okay? So, and again, if it doesn't work, bye-bye. If, again, of course there are ups and downs and there are difficulties and all that, but if there is true love as a root and true friendship, together finding the way. But if the friendship and the true love disappeared and finished, no need to continue, just for the sake of how it's supposed to be. And many, many say we continue for the children, but children are Zen masters. They know very well that the energy is not good and you are pretending. They know very well. So, how can it be cultivated on a daily basis? Again, with dialogue, with putting everything on the table, with sharing from all the heart, not with distance, not with pretending that everything is fine, not by keeping quiet, just open. This is how it is cultivated and working on that. Again, if there is a root of true love and true friendship, what is true love? That you are looking forward to meet again tomorrow and looking forward to meet again tomorrow and tomorrow and not thinking, oh, I have to go home, so it's better I go to a bar and come later, you know, all that. So, love between what, what I called couple, this is the purpose. Then, remembering that this is not your property. Give freedom to grow, okay? But you don't want your wife to go every Wednesday to dance classes because maybe she will meet another guy better than you, and she will go. And if she will go, this is the nature of things. By keeping in the jail, it will not solve the problem because it will be here. Oh, heavy stuff. <laughs> so questions until here because next is the children, okay? Which love for children is another very big stuff. Any questions until here? Yes. 
myself, I don't want to stay with someone who has, a no, has no the true love like me. I don't want. For what? One-sided love is a, a recipe for suffering. Always, you see, love as property, yes, you are right, is always because of fear. Yes. If the person who has understanding love as property because of fear can see that and want to work with you on that in order to grow and to solve it, then it's a very fertile ground to work on that. But it depends if the person see that and want to come out of it. Yes. Yes, please. Uh, I have a question. And my question is, is condition um, important to, as a family, for example, because you mentioned that, like, in, in the real world, we shouldn't have uh, a condition. But in the family, um, like, should we have just only one partner? Or if it's a, a polygamy, we can have many um, wife or husband, something like that? Well, I tell you an example from other cultures which I visited. First of all, if you examine the history of humanity on our planet, okay, the idea of marrying someone and being with only one person forever is a new idea of humanity. Before that, humanity lived in community. There was not clear who belongs to who. Everybody took care of everybody. And some cultures try to maintain it until today. One of them, which I experienced myself, are the Maori people, the native people of New Zealand. They are integrated in city life and in modern life, but they try to keep it. And a child can grow two years with mother, two years with grandmother, another four years with aunt, another four with, with another aunt, back to the mother, like that. And what I saw is something very healthy. Why? Because the child see his two parents as the final full authority and truth. He has no other examples to compare. Okay, And many times the parents themselves don't know about life. They didn't do any inner work. So they just copy what their parents did to them. So the child has no alternative to compare. But when it is in a community, then the child can have other options to look. And when I stayed with the Maori family of my friends, the second visit, my Maori friend just became a grandmother for twins. And her daughter and her partner and the twins lived with her. So I asked her, are you sure it's a good time for me to come? You have enough on your head. She said, no, 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 no problem, come. And I came and stayed. And there was no 10 minutes without 10 people in the house all the time. And the baby's just born. And there are one, one hour with these people, one hour in these hands, one hour in these hands, one hour in these hands. 
And for some cultures, it's a shock. They immediately think it's not healthy. But it's very healthy. It's amazingly healthy. And one, of the, one day, her niece came back from school, and she said, I feel so pity for the other children in my class because they have only two parents. I have many. <laughs> <laughs> OK? So the idea of one person with one person forever, this is another box. Okay? It's just a culture box. In North India, there is a tribe that their culture is like this, that the husband is coming back from the field after working, and he see in front of the house uh, sandals, chapels, you know, the shoes of another man. And he said, ah, okay, my wife is in another man. I will come later. <laughs> no problem. This is how the culture. But the authorities of India think they are wrong. And they said people to educate them how it should be. <laughs> Let's put them back in our box. But they have their own culture. Okay? So it shows that it is a box. And it's not something definite as we are educated that this is the purpose of life. It's just one way, one option. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, please. You talk children, about children? Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is our next topic, oh, but, okay. but before that, any other questions until, until now about the couple relationship? You see, I, um, I don't think we can measure it. We can just explore by experience. Hmm. If the ideas which I present now, uh, you know, resonating with you. Yes, because I'm only presenting you with man, one point of view, okay? Take it and see if it resonates with you and touches your heart or not. That's it. Yes. Yes, the expectations. Mm. Um, uh, the master I mentioned, Jay Krishnamurti, he said a very, very interesting thing about that. Because in relationship, suppose we have relationship, I have an image of how you supposed to be and should be. And you have an image how I supposed to be and should be. I expect you to be my image, you expect me to be my, your image. And Jay Krishnamurti call it 
second-hand relationship because it's a relationship with the image, not with what is present. Okay? So expectations, yes. We all have expectations. We cannot stop expectations. They come automatically. But what we can do is after the expectation, say, so what? <laughs> it's an expectation. And let's see <laughs> what's going on. So if we talk about expectation, we can continue to the children because all over the world, children are in a great misery and suffering because of expectations. So, yes, please. For me, I think that romantic love is possible fully with all the celebration of it without the feeling of you are mine. Okay? It's possible. We need to work on that <laughs> because the boxes are so super glue. <laughs> yes. I think it's possible. Yes, please. Um, actually, you have you have told us clearly that um, un unconditional unconditional love is the love that that doesn't require any condition. But is it possible to have a condition in unconditional love? Like, for example, we might um, be asked to fr from someone if you love me. Yes, this is, this is called emotional blackmail, what you describe, okay? But again, let's take even the most simple example. I want to go for a mo to see a movie, but my partner doesn't want to go to a movie. Okay, so I say, come for me, please come for me, but he doesn't want, or she doesn't want, come for me. So finally say, okay, I will come for you. I don't want this partner to see movie, someone who doesn't want to go, but I forced to go. Okay? So to do something for someone is to do it happily. Not because I demanded do it for me, even though you don't want. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say always open if I am understanding that you are not my possession, I want to see a movie tonight, you don't want, okay, go enjoy whatever you want to do, I go to see the movie, we meet after, you tell me what happened, I tell you what happened, that's it. Same with other things. Mm. together while we <laughs> go to the movie, uh, we can call it 
Yes, I will suffer for you, you will suffer for me, then we are balanced. Try, I don't know. <laughs> Try, see what happens. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, now the children. In many, many cultures, when you ask people why you bring children to the world, why? They say, to take care of me when I'm old. Hmm? I'm going to say something strong. If this is the reason, it's very selfish. This is not the reason to bring children. To bring children, you know what happens when a child is born? A Zen master is born. A spiritual master is born. In all cultures, people think that the job of parents is to be the teachers and the guides of the child. It's true, but only 50%. The other 50% is the child is a teacher to you. The child is a master of unconditional love, which you forgot. The child is a master of creativity, which you forgot. The child is master of being here and now at the moment, every moment from the beginning, fresh and new, which we forgot. The child is a master of always inquiring and questioning from all the heart, which we forgot. So the child is our teacher. And the reason to bring a child to this world is together to grow, learn from each other. Okay? Together experience life. And if you in this position, there is no distance, parents and child. The most terrible, terrible thing that can happen to a child, which happened to me, is to be afraid from the parents. This is a life of a nightmare. I was afraid from my parents from the day I was born until age of 16. My life was a nightmare. The child is a small person. He cannot pack the suitcase and go another place. This is what he has. So the, the place which supposed to be the most protecting and the most safe becomes a nightmare. Because fear, punishment, scolding, and this we call love. Hmm? So. Again, here we need to remember that freedom and love is not chaos. It's not that I give my child the freedom to put the finger in electricity, <laughs> mm -hmm. or give him the freedom to run to the road with many cars, okay? But how can we grow together, okay? Many times. The child come with a question and you don't know the answer. Can you say, I don't know? What do you think is the answer? You will find amazing answers, amazing. 
Okay? So the child is born and immediately boxes input in him. Immediately a religion attached. Why we attach a religion to a child? Okay? This is a very big question. I always revolted against that. Why you attach me a, a religion? Because I was born in a certain place. Let me grow, study all the religions I choose. No. And in my religion, in my country, if your mother from this religion, they say you have no choice. You can change as much as you want. You still remain because your mother is like this. Okay? So we attach religion. And then we attach many, many other things. And the child grow, seeing his parents as an example, and believe in things which are totally fake. Success is fake. Failure is fake. Competition is fake. All this is fake. And we absorb it and think that this is our values. But it's not. It's a copy-paste. Okay? So, as I said before, if I am a father, I cannot say, I love you if you take the family business, if you become a lawyer or a doctor, not if you become a dancer, because then you will disappoint me. Yes? I will be disappointed. But my child will not follow his dream, will not be happy, will not be you know, following his heart, he will be re miserable all his life, I don't care. Just I need to be satisfied. Is this love? Hmm? Okay. So, what do we do? We have to see what is the passion of the child, what is the calling of the child, and cultivate it. And if the child doesn't know what is the passion, and some people don't know what's their passion until they are very old, that's fine. You have your right to search for your passion, and if you find it when you are 80 years old, it's also fine. But another box from society come. You need to choose. Yes? Why I need to choose? Okay. So, love from... This aspect for the children is to grow together, to learn together, and to help each other to grow, to celebrate life. Mm. So here comes compassion, because compassion is a word from Latin which means to be with the suffer of someone. The suffering of someone. I understand your suffering. So I'm with you. And why I'm with you? Because it's the same energy. This is what compassion is. So in that case, the compassion is, can spread not only for partner and children. 
compassion for humanity, compassion for animals, compassion for the nature, compassion for everything, and love for everything. Questions? Big issues, heavy stuff. <laughs> yes. All over the world we have drama on the stage about love, movies about love, poetry about love, songs about love, all the time about love because this is something we long for, but very difficult to manifest. That's why there are so many movies, books, poetry about this. Mm. Yes? Sorry? boxes you have. First of all, after you see the boxes, you take a commitment to work on them. Okay? Some boxes can be useful. The work is needed on the boxes which makes us miserable. And what are the boxes? They are like, you know, it's like a puppet on strings. You know, the boxes are here and they manipulate us. So our work is to see. Ah, Cut. It's easy to say. Yes, difficult to do. But the work is your responsibility and commitment. But how to do it, you find your own way because the word can offer you many, many possibilities. Yes. There was another question. Uh, yes, please. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, and if exactly. I want to uh, actualize my uh, love with, with him, mm -hmm. uh, do, do I have to sacrifice myself? Okay. You think of one way so, so I can touch the love? Okay. I'm warning you that my opinion about sacrifice is very different from the normal. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. If I love you or love something, the idea of sacrifice, sacrifice never crossed my mind. Sacrifice is only when you do something which you don't want to do. If I love you, I go with you wherever you go, I am with you, I, whatever. It's not sacrifice. If I love my work, I don't sleep properly, I don't eat properly, I, love, I work too much hours, but I love it. There is no sacrifice. It doesn't come my mind. Sacrifice come when you have to do something which you don't want to do. And then 
If you do something which you don't want to do, you know what happens? Everyone should know about it, that you sacrificed. Everybody should know that you suffered and you sacrificed for something. You become a center, and this is selfish. So sacrifice is selfish. Because if you do it from love, sacrifice does not come. If you bring children to your world in order to grow together, this is the gift of your life. Coming in the middle of the night to change diapers is not sacrificing. It's love. You're not sacrificing anything. Okay, I will not sleep. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not sacrifice. It's not I sacrifice for you and now you graduated university, start to sacrifice for me. This is business. Okay? When it is love, sacrifice does not cross your mind. Yes, yes. Sorry, love? I said at the beginning that to talk about love, I actually need one week seminar. <laughs> but I need one month seminar about politics. <laughs> so I will not go into this topic. Antarai Mark. You see, there are sometimes disagreements not conflict, I don't call it conflict. Disagreement, okay? How can we allow different opinions and different tendencies, okay? This is the work if there is real love and real friendship and differences in views sometimes or like that. How we allow, you have your own view, she have your own view, her own view, and that's it. 
You don't try to make her you, and you, she doesn't try to make you her. Is it possible? I'm giving a question because this needs to be explored. Okay? If you are, even in the very small things, I'm telling you tonight I don't want to stay at home, I go to, to have fun with my friends. I tell you, okay, you go, enjoy. But not every five minutes call you, where are you? <laughs> Who you are sitting with? You know? Not this. This is come from possession. Go, enjoy. You happy? I'm happy. And this is why so many people find it difficult to make practical the sentence, I'm happy for you. Okay? How can you be happy for someone? You be happy for someone as, as a result of love. What makes you happy makes me happy. If I love you, the first thing is I want to see you happy. Not happy according to the expectations. I will be happy if you graduate, if you get married, if you get a good job, the job I think, not the job you think, then I will be, this is not happiness. Okay? I want to see you every day excited, every day looking forward for the next day, every day happy because you follow what you love to do. And if you didn't find what you love to do, every day eagerly you explore to find what you love to do. Okay? This is the energy I want in my house. Not someone who is all the time like this because I forced him to do something he doesn't want. I don't want to live in this kind of, of, of relationship. And nobody does, by the way. Hmm. Yes? I have a question. Um, do you feel it's hard to talk a lot about um, happiness and, and unconditional love? And my question is, is it possible um, that Suffering is a part of um, real love. Mm. This is another very, very basic fundamental teaching of Buddhism. You know the Four Noble Truths. We start with this. There is suffering and there is a cause for the suffering. Now why we have many, many branches of Buddhism, not only in Buddhism, in every religion there are many, many different branches because disagreement of interpretation. So some branches think that suffering is package deal of life. This is how life is coming. This is the package. Okay? But the Zen doesn't agree with that. Zen say very clearly the reason for suffering is you. <laughs> you create the suffering for yourself and for others unnecessarily. And because you are the one or as the general, you create the suffering, you are the one who can stop it. Because you created it, it doesn't come from the moon. Okay? So suffering is not a package deal. Okay? And suffering comes from the illusion of separation that comes from the ignoring the oneness. This is how it goes according to the Zen point of view. Mm -hmm. Yes? 
Oh, Kappa? No, I, I, I'm not sure I understood all the questions. First of all, you said fall out of love. What does it mean for you? It means like you know that, okay, you and me, we are not like the same. You don't feel the same way anymore. You maybe should go find one else that match better. And maybe I'll go find one else that okay. makes me happier. Okay. It's fine, right? But for family, like mom, dad, what do you mean, uh, just a minute, you talk about an example when there is a couple with children? No, 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 no? just like boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband and wife, and you don't have kids. If you don't love each other anymore, and just say, okay, divorce, bye, you part ways. But with family, like, if, for example, mom and daughter, can the daughter just say, sorry, mom, I don't love you anymore, I'm not happy that Well, I heard it many, many times that mothers say very directly to the children they don't love them, and still they s stay in the same home. Hmm? So, is that wrong? It's the, so the you see, it all we need to analyze where it starts, not the result. Because only when we see when it starts, it starts why she got married, why she bring children, what is the reason, okay? Like you said, mm -hmm. the children can look after them when they're older. Okay, so if this is the reason, there is a chance that there is no real love there. It's true. Not always, there are some chances, yes. So again, there is no question of right and wrong, the question of love and happiness and compassion. And if it's not there, there is a need to do something about that, according to me, not to be stuck in it. Yes. Please. Yes, I just got a question recently about a child, of course, many experience that all the time video games, right? Yeah. So we need to find out, is it escaping from something or passion? Because video games are now connected to all over the world. It's a way to study English. Then if it's a passion, perhaps he want to design a video game, you know, to, to do a business with video games. 
we need to see if it's a passion or escape. And for that, needs a dialogue. Need an open dialogue, not quiet and distance. Yes. No. My prani pranom. <laughs> no compromise. <laughs> okay? Because compromising is not love. Mm. Because if you love, you don't feel compromised. Mm -hmm. You just do what you love to do. Mm. It's not compromising. I don't demand you to compromise for me, and you don't demand me to compromise for you. You will find the way for both of us to fulfill ourselves. No, a beam up. Capo. So, uh, do you think uh, how many dialogues we need with others we can have the, we can come to the unconditional love? How many di how many dialogue? Yes. As well as we are not clear about our partner. Yes. And sometimes we have uh, knowledge, uh, we have misunderstanding. Yes. On ourselves. Yes. And on our partner. Yes. And our partner the same situation. True. And I think we need a lot of dialogue. Yes, the dialogue is forever. <laughs> 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 but as an exploration, as an experience, okay, not as a burden. Because I think there is a difference between to live and to survive, okay? Life is full of colors, many experiences, many amazing things. The mode of survive is uh, dragging life, again working, again <laughs> waking in the morning. This is not life. And it doesn't have to be like this. It's up to us. Yes. So this is, to your first question, this is the cultivation. The cultivation is by dialogue, by experience, by exploring. Yes. Please. Okay. Yes. The bottom line, I don't want you to be with me because you committed. I want you to be with me because you want. Many times people do things or stay because the commitment and not because they want. I don't know anyone I don't want anyone with me also with my in my work that is there only because of the commitment. If you do what you love to do, commitment comes automatically. You don't need to work on the commitment. Just you do it because you love it. So you are always on time. You are always take care of the things. You are always put all your heart. No need commitment. It happens. But if you don't want to do it, then you need a commitment. And this I don't want in personally in my area of energy. Yes. What about the prevent suffering, right? Sometimes they suffer, so they learn. So we do, as a parent, 
they have to go through their own experiments and experience, and mm, some of experiments and experience are painful. Automatically, as a parent, you want to protect, but they need to go through their own journey. But they must know that you have open heart whenever they need, they come. Mm -hmm. For me, it was terrible as a child that I can, could never share anything with my parents. Never, because they didn't, were not open to that. Okay, so it's very important to, this is also part of the love and the compassion, to know that the door is open. I always tell my students, you know, in all my, in all cultures, when a child is crying, what what the parents say, don't cry, don't cry, right? In all cultures. And I always say, take, do experiment. When the child is crying, hug the child and say, cry. Continue to cry, I'm here for you. You can cry as much as you want, as much as you need, I'm here. And if I was in your situation, I would cry too. See what happens, you know? But not only in this case. Always knowing that the door is open. Yes. Yes, because they are, they know what is unconditional love. They come with it. <laughs> yes. So, in a conclusion, <laughs> I think we are almost almost ah ten minutes. We have yes. We finish at eight thirty. So, in conclusion. My opinion is living life of love is possible. It's not kept to only very few special people. Not at all, okay? But we need to exercise it. We need to do it, okay? People go to many workshops of love and oneness and they go out and don't say thank you to the men in the booth of the parking. So what is, the, uh, what is the workshop for? How you practice it in your daily life, okay? Doesn't matter, love whoever you want, it's possible because you experience this connection of the energy which is everything. I know what I say is many times opposite to what normally people say, but all my life, I was an outsider, so I'm used to it, okay? But, um, yes, so I think it's possible. Yes, please. So is love equal to be kind to someone and you want them to be happy? Yes, but to be kind and want them to be happy is you want them to be happy according to how they see happiness, not according to how you see happiness. Because many people say, I want you to be happy. That's why I push you to be a doctor. Because I, I believe and I think that if you be a doctor, you will be happy. But they don't listen to what is the natural calling of the child. Let them be, Let them be what they are. Again, not allowing them to use drugs and <laughs> run into the cars in the street. Not I'm talking not talking about this, but to fulfill themselves as human beings, to be happy. 
Yes. And happiness is not kept for special people. It's for everyone and can be achieved by everyone any minute. But we need to do something about that. Mm. So I think it is possible. And we can do every single small action in our life with love. Taking bath, cutting salad, preparing a meal, cleaning the window. Because it is all the same energy. It's us. Okay? Yes. So, I think it is based on the commitment. My first Zen teacher suggested a one sentence for a commitment. And the sentence for the commitment my teacher suggested is, me and suffering finished. <laughs> That's it. Finished. Now, how I finish, I don't know. <laughs> when I finish, I don't know. But I start with this commitment. Because I believe that this is every person's birth right to be happy. Because if you are happy, you have happiness to give to others. Otherwise, you don't have. My method, one of the tools to be happy, is to do what you love to do in your life without compromising it. But this is my tool. There are other tools. But the commitment is that you wake up every morning looking forward to what is waiting for you today. Because you created such a thing which is full of things that which you love to do. Doesn't matter what, drinking coffee, raising your children, working in your beloved work, okay? Doesn't matter what. But you do it because you love to do it. Of course there are ups and downs, but if you do what you love to do, it helps you to go through the ups and downs. So it's possible. And remember, this is only my opinion. And every teacher that is teaching you, it's only his opinion or her opinion. So the important is see if it resonates with you and it may, if it makes sense. That's the most important thing. So I think uh, we can conclude it here. I want to thank you so much, Kundukeo, for inviting me and thank so much Avalokita for inviting me and thank you all so much that you came and I enjoyed every moment it passed very cool Reumak thank you so much and um, you want to say things for conclusion please uh, first of all thank you for the wonderful speech I think we have a lot of homework to do after and uh, next time when you come to Thailand, I hope we have a chance to uh, welcome you here again. With pleasure, already guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for the, maybe it's not appropriate place for you. But I will organize for next time. Experience, <laughs> no problem. Uh,
ะของที่นี่นะคะก็จะมีวันที่4ถึง7พฤษภานะคะจะมีกิจกรรมของวัชรศิษฐาค่ะที่จะมาจัดที่นี่เป็นมีชื่อว่าหินนยานรีทรีตนะคะเป็นโปรแกรมรีทรีตภาวนา4วันเต็มกับที่ตั้งวิจักพาณิชนะคะก็จะเป็นการเรียนรู้พื้นฐานการภาวนาแล้วก็ให้เวลากับการปฏิบัติแบบเข้มข้นต่อเนื่องเลยก็จะเป็นจุดเริ่มต้นที่ดีสําหรับใครที่อยากจะฝึกฝนการปฏิบัติแบบลงลึกเลยนะคะแล้วก็วันพฤหัสที่11พฤษภาค่ะจะมีอาวุโลกิตะท้อครั้งที่15ในหัวข้อ The Heart of the Sufi ค่ะก็จะมีครูบาซิสจามานะคะเป็นครูซูฟีชาวอินเดียเป็นผู้นําการอบรมการภาวนาเพื่อการเติบโตทางจิตวิญญาณในแนวทางซูฟีมากกว่า20ปีนะคะก็จะมาชวนสํารวจความรักความกรุณาผ่านคําสอนของครูซูฟีที่ยิ่งใหญ่7คนนะคะก็ถ้าที่พอจะรู้จักกันก็จะเป็นรูมี่นะคะก็จะเชิญชวนทุกท่านมาทําความรู้จักซูฟีกันแล้วก็ใครที่อาจจะรู้จักอยู่แล้วก็จะได้มามาพบครูนะคะก็เ,เดี๋ยวจะเปิดพื้นที่ด้านนอกให้ออกไปรับลมพูดคุยกันประมาณครึ่งชั่วโมงนะคะก็จะต้องปิดห้องตอนสามทุ่มก็อย่างที่บอกก็ต่อด้านล่างได้นะคะก็ย้ำอีกครั้งว่าก็เอาโลกิตะนะคะดําเนินกิจการเนี่ยภายใต้มูลนิธิโดยอยู่ได้ด้วยเงินบริจาคนะคะก็ขอขอบคุณทุกท่านที่ได้ร่วมบริจาคผ่านการลงทะเบียนนะคะแล้วก็สำหรับใครที่อยากจะสนับสนุนเพิ่มเติมก็สามารถยอดกล่องบริจาคด้านหน้าก่อนประตูทางออกได้นะคะก็ขอขอบคุณทุกคนที่มาในวันนี้ด้วยนะคะ Thank you and if possible let's take photo together all of us Where where should we stand seat